The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Well, this is episode 266, and, uh, well, I got a sore throat. It just started while I was at work, and I come home, and I was going to do this, you know, another red and lefty bit and all that, and I can't do it, and it's just going to hurt, so, uh... Boy, I hope I'm not coming down, but probably am. I got two more nights, then, oh, jeez. So, um, fortunately, uh, as with most of these shows, I have pre-recorded stuff, Nelson News, and a brand new uh, 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 serial, I guess, if you will. Uh, and well, I'll get into more of that after I'm finished talking here. Uh, what I was going to do the bit on, of course, was uh, the big news that broke after I did last weekend's show, <laughs> it's, it's the way it goes. Um, of course, uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, turned up dead uh, of an apparent suicide. Yeah. 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 And of course, uh, I, I, I'm very uh, negative on uh, conspiracy theories for the most part. Um, you know, some are better than others. <laughs> Uh, but I think uh, what really turned me against the idea was the 9-11 and the people who would do that it was just really cruel to uh, the survivors of that, you know, the, the family members and stuff like that. And it's just so many dead and and you come up with your trash. Uh, and But uh, admittedly, uh, in my younger years, I thought there really was something to the JFK uh, conspiracy and then later to discover, nope. There wasn't, and the so-called evidence was primarily absolute lies. And so, I uh, don't have a good feeling about that, but man, oh man, <laughs> here's a scenario where, <laughs> uh, and, and obviously not all the conspiracy, like the conspiracy theory that he's still alive and that he escaped and this, you know, the body wasn't him and all that. I don't, I, no, I think he's dead. Um, but uh, it, this is one where the conspiracy theories uh, make more sense than the rea- than the uh, official stuff. <laughs> you know? and so, um, and if it is this, just a lot of people were saying, "Well, look, I think this is more of a case of incompetence." Well, to be fair, sure, that's mostly true, especially with government. And uh, if that was one element here. You know, where you you had guards sleeping and guards not doing what they're supposed to do. And one guy who wasn't even really a guard. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. I guess uh, a cost cutting deal where the guy, you don't have to pay him the same amount because he's not technically a guard or what have you. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, but if it was just the one element, then it would be easier to believe the guy killed himself. But it's compounded with everything. First of all. Why was he taken off suicide watch? Apparently, the story is is that his own lawyers uh, uh, pressured them to take him off. It's so stupid. It's not up to them. It's not up to anyone but the doctor that he's under the care for. And if a psychiatrist had ruled him to be on suicide watch and then within a couple of days decides, hey, he's fine. He has a, a, a his spirits are uh, uplifted and he's good. No, no, no. Uh, 
They found this man in a fetal position with wounds to his neck and ruled that he had made a suicide attempt. Now, there are other stories where he said he told people someone tried to kill me, what have you. But officially, as far as for the purposes of the prison, who have him in custody and they're supposed to take care of him, uh, said that he tried to commit suicide. Therefore, uh, just saying, well, he seemed to be in a good attitude, uh, you know, a week later. No, <laughs> no. So that there is something terribly wrong there. And so far, not really hearing a good explanation for that. Um, the other thing was that, of course, he's off the suicide watch. So I guess that's the explanation for how he was able to get a sheet to hang himself with. Uh, because when you're on suicide watch, you're, they give you these paper sheets and stuff like that. There's no, there's no elements within the cell for you to use to, uh, you know, to, to hang yourself with. And so it makes it very difficult for suicide to be achieved and so on and so forth. But, um, he was taken off the watch. So I guess that's the explanation of how, but there again, you know, well, why was he taken off? Uh, suicide watch. So, okay, so here's two elements. You've got this mysterious, which is a really bad one, that they took him off the watch. I just, I don't, <laughs> something's not right there. Sorry. Uh, so then what's the other element? Well, guess what? It just so happens that, damn it, the cameras weren't working that night. <laughs> just, I mean, it just, come on. It just doesn't work. So, um, you know, I, I suppose it's possible that he wanted to commit suicide and somebody helped him out for it to happen and paid off some guards to look the other way and turn the cameras off. Now, why would you, you don't need to turn the cameras off? You know, uh, so no, that one doesn't work. Uh, I was thinking of like back in the Nuremberg trials of World War II where, uh, uh, Goering, uh, a guard had befriended him and managed to slip him a cyanide pill so that he wouldn't go to the gallows, you know? And so that, this could be a, a potential scenario there. But again, you don't need to turn the cameras off. The cameras would be your best friend to show that the guy did commit suicide. And you would still have to explain, well, why was he not on suicide watch anymore and all that type of stuff. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it appears that, uh, uh, by their own admission, uh, no, no, he wasn't a suicidal anymore. <laughs> So now, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, then the story is that uh, uh, pedophiles uh, they commit suicide a lot in prison. You know, they, their life is apparently over. Everybody knows their terrible, the shameful secret, and it's unbearable to live, and they commit suicide. Okay, why did you take him off suicide? <laughs> so, again, here we are. It, this, it doesn't work. They say, wow, they're really incompetent. Uh-huh. So, I imagine some people are going to get fired, but they have to know something, you know? So, boy, uh, they better uh, run away. <laughs> Whatever uh, payoff where they have to take the fall to make this work and then disappear because otherwise <laughs> you know too much. So I I don't know. Of course, uh, the story of Epstein is uh, he ran this uh, you know uh, underage prostitution ring uh, for his own sick entertainment and for others. He had several clients, 
Uh, there's uh, quite a bit of mystery about how he uh, uh, gained his wealth. He's supposed to be in the financial district, but it happened very rapidly, and it's not uh, the, the trail for it all is not completely clear. And so one wonders, well, uh, were people paying him off? Uh, one of the scenarios is there's cameras all over his place so that he would have these guys and he would have all these girls. Man, these girls are hot, huh? Oh, yeah. And then the guy has sex with the girl. And then uh, Epstein says, well, what's it like to screw a 14-year-old? The guy's like, what? 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 No, you said she was 18. No, did I? <laughs> and so, well, don't worry. I can keep this quiet. But it would be terrible if this videotape of you having sex with this girl got out. Huh? Oh, shit. So then he's got to pay him and that, and that sort of thing. Uh, could, you know, it's very, it's, it's very believable considering what this guy was involved in. The other mysterious thing here is that his, his partner in crime, who was supposed to be his mistress, who was the daughter of this, uh, oh, what was he, a, a media mogul out of Britain who passed away, but in horrible debt. And so that left her in a bit of a pickle and she ends up with, uh, 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 Epstein and uh, Maxwell's her name. And they say, well, we can't find her. <laughs> what do you mean you can't find her? <laughs> I you know, and so uh, she's she knows everything Epstein knew. And, and and then, oh, well, we just can't find her. Oh, boy. Well, she better stay hidden, you know. <laughs> so who are the suspects? Of course, the Clintons. Now, the Clintons. Uh, had quite a, a friendship with the guy, uh, uh, despite Bill Clinton's denials. There's the flight logs of the plane to the Pedo Island. So uh, uh, odds are pretty good that uh, Clinton was involved with some of that, too. Uh, there's other notable figures uh, like Prince Andrew, the royal family. And one of the girls says, yeah, had sex with the guy. And I was underage and all this sort of stuff. And so the story continues because there's plenty of, and as far as I know, none of the girls have disappeared, you know, so it's not like it completely ends it, but you know, who's in control of his stuff, you know, where, his, what evidence was found. Uh, we get a story about this creepy painting of Bill Clinton in a blue dress. <laughs> and I don't know what that's about. Um, but, uh, will you be seeing evidence of the really horrific stuff? I don't know. But if it's damaging to powerful people and whoever would be the likely suspect to have this man killed, um, uh, I'm assuming that that evidence will just disappear, especially if you're able to, to pull this lever and have this done, despite how blatantly obvious it is that something really stinks here. Um, yeah, this is a guy who's just not, or, <laughs> or one, I don't know, is not going to get caught. So it's just another uh, peek under the curtain of, uh, of the political class that are not you. <laughs> they don't want you to be one of them, and you don't want to be one of them anyway if they're involved in this kind of crap. And uh, the rules don't apply to them. So they, they tried to protect him. You know, he got his little slap on the wrist judgment immediate, uh, earlier. And uh, this was uh, the only interest the media had in that was, uh, oh, Trump's guy, Acosta, was the one who wrote, you know, wrote off on it. The interesting thing there is his claim was that, well, I was told that he was an intelligence asset. Now that, and then it's just sort of, oh, really? And then people move on. Now, this has like shades of Nixon when he was caught up with Watergate and he was trying to uh, uh, brush off the FBI by telling them to leave it alone. It's a CIA operation. And, well, nobody was going to go along with it, so it didn't work. But 
if, if Acosta, as a prosecutor, was told that he had to leave this guy alone and sign off on this because he was an intelligence asset, well, who told him that? You know, <laughs> and then how do you get that done to where that's the excuse for why this monster is uh, gets a slap on the wrist? You know, and then well. It was just too much, and so now he was back in there, and whatever escape hatches they had for him were all gone, and now they needed him to die, because at this point, uh, he was going to talk. You have to assume that. They couldn't keep it all secret anymore. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the suicide, just suicide, just it's just too much. It's too much to buy here, so... Uh, was he flat out murdered? Was he allowed to commit to again? Like I said, well, the camera's not, not working. Why do you need to turn those off if he really is going to kill himself and they allow it? You know, it, it, it right now it looks like murder. You know, I mean, I know that they, of course the autopsy says, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's suicide, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just too, too much. So there you go. Um, uh, the the Epstein story uh, and uh, oddly enough will continue uh, <laughs> despite his death of course um, but it's another one of these amazing things that I does it have life to live on well, in some circles yes but the way things work these days stories just go up in smoke and next week it'll be something else you know so I don't know I don't know I don't think we'll ever get the full story. And that's just the way it goes with these things. Uh, in the end, he got what he deserved. <laughs> but uh, a lot of other really nasty creeps are going to get away with what they did uh, because the secrets apparently died with him. All right. I can't keep talking. This voice is really hurting. So take a little break there'll be some nelson news and oh yeah my newest uh uh play here uh it's a a parody of doctor who i've been planning on doing something like that for quite some time uh, i had several different versions which is typical of me and my ocd and i finally just went ahead and slapped one down it's basically uh, a play on the actual first adventure of doctor who i've changed it around where it involves uh, detectives rather than school teachers and I actually used some of the names. I looked up on how they shot. They actually shot an episode of the pilot for that series and then scrapped it and, di and redid it. Uh, so things were a little different. Uh, and the initial uh, scripts, the names were different. Susan's name was Bridget. So the girl in this uh, adventure will be Bridget. And uh, her they, and their nickname was Biddy. <laughs> and the, the, the teachers uh, were named Lola McGovern and Cliff. I don't know if they gave him my last name, so I just took the actor's name, Russell, and gave it to him. And uh, so they're the detectives in my story. And the doctor is uh, Captain Zeitgeist. <laughs> and uh, there it goes. And so this is like the first episode, which I'm supposed to tape the next one rather shortly, but uh, it may take a while before I get to it. And uh, it may be getting a best of Nelson show next week. I don't know, but we'll see. All right. Uh, talk to you again soon, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, here comes some bits and Nelson news and the first episode of Captain Zeitgeist. Do enjoy. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson show here on RadioMisfits.com. 
This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Florida man urinates into nightclub's ice maker. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A nightclub patron relieved himself into a commercial ice maker, according to Florida police, who arrested the intoxicated urinator for disorderly conduct. Investigators say that Michael Williams, 28, was spotted urinating inside the ice chest used to distribute ice throughout 261st, a St. Petersburg night spot. After relieving himself, Williams reportedly resisted as security guards sought to boot him from the club, where a first Friday party was winding down. The bash was advertised as trendy with a touch of class and featured two DJs, including Spindiana Jones. When police arrived at the night spot, they arrested Williams on a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge. After a pat-down turned up a bag of marijuana in Williams' pants pocket, cops tacked on a misdemeanor possession charge. Williams was booked into the county jail from which he was released after posting $400 bond. Hopefully there were toilet facilities available in his cell. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. When you were a child, did you ever have nightmares about creepy old hags tormenting you? Well, then this short film just might have answers for you. The film Care of Hair and Nails is about some creepy old broad obsessed with personal hygiene. No, not her own, but the personal hygiene of children. Using her demonic powers of invisibility, she's determined to make children as obsessive as her. <laughs> Do enjoy, and remember to wash between meals, otherwise the old hag will get you. Once again, this riff of mine of this wonderful short film contains music by Kevin MacLeod, just like this ad does. So please download this cinematic treat for a mere 90 cents at selfie.com slash Nelson. That's selfie, S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash Nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Selfie.com slash Nelson. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. While in cop car, woman snorted drug retrieved from body cavity. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. While handcuffed behind her back in the rear of a Kentucky squad car, a suspect removed a bag of narcotics from her vagina and snorted the white powder inside, according to police who arrested the woman on drug possession and other charges. Responding to a report about an intoxicated couple preparing to drive a car, cops in Winchester, a city 20 miles east of Lexington, encountered Catherine Ollers, 28, and her boyfriend outside a vehicle on Main Street. According to a court citation, Ollers was attempting to remove her toddler, oh boy, from a car seat, but was unsteady on her feet. 
Others, whose speech was slurred, told police that she and her companion became lost en route to Cincinnati from Lexington. Cops noted that Allers had no food for the child, whose diaper and unfastened car seat were saturated with urine. Upon determining that Allers' 17-month-old son could not be properly cared for since his mother was manifestly under the influence and a danger to herself and others, a Winchester Police Department officer arrested Allers and placed her in his cruiser. Allers was handcuffed behind her back when she somehow pulled a clear plastic baggie from her vaginal cavity and dumped some white substance on the seat. Allers then began to inhale it through her nose. Allers was subsequently removed from the cop car, but not before she again hid the drug. Warned that she would face an additional charge if found possession of narcotics inside the local jail, Allers then revealed the substance from between her legs. Allers was charged with endangering the welfare of a minor, public intoxication, tampering with physical evidence, and possession of a controlled substance. The citation does not specify what drug was possessed by Allers' cavity. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Officer, what have we got? Uh, well, uh, quite the barbecue. Thank you, pardon? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, the situation apparently here is, uh, we got a girl, uh, uh, probably about 16 or so, uh, says she was uh, assaulted by this uh, man, and uh, she defended herself with uh, lethal force, and, uh, the barbecue. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the strange thing about this. Uh, the the uh, supposed assailant that she claims he was. Uh, well, she she uh, uh, she torched the guy. I mean, he's what? A, he's a total crispy critter. You mean she burned this man alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's him still smoking under the sheet over there. Jeez, Louise. Ooh. Good Lord, look at that. Yeah. Barbecue was putting it mildly. Uh. I'm not seeing any of the scorch marks. Am I to believe this was the scene of the crime? Uh, yeah, well, uh, she didn't light him on fire. Uh, she electrocuted him. <laughs> okay, how'd she do that? Uh, well, uh, apparently the, uh, the, the murder weapon here uh, was that little doohickey uh, over there. Is that, is that a pistol? 
looks like a, a flintlock pistol. Hey, uh, wait, Detective. You don't want to touch it. That thing is super hot. I mean, Officer Perkins, we had, had to send him off to the emergency room. He had third-degree burns on his hand just by grabbing it. Melted the latex gloves to his skin. Good lord, so, uh, am I to understand that we have a young girl who says she was attacked by a man, and so she pulls out a flintlock pistol with, uh, what is it, light bulbs and wires coming out of it, that then electrocutes her attacker to the point that he is a barbecued corpse. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... That's pretty much the size of it, uh, Detective McGovern. Well, I'm impressed. Hi, where's the girl? Uh, yeah, she's over here in the squad car. All right, then, uh, what's her name? Uh, Biddy. Biddy Find a Claire. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, apparently it's short for, uh, uh Bridget. Uh-huh. Uh, Miss Find a Claire, I'm Detective Lola uh, McGovern. This is my partner. Hello? Detective Cliff Russell. Hello? We're from Homicide, and we need to have you answer but, a few but questions. But I told him, I told the police everything that happened, and that I was attacked. I only meant to well, defend myself. But, yes, Bridget, we understand that, but we need to make sure we have all the details so that we can have a, a but, thorough investigation of the events But here. I told him the details. Can't you just ask him so that I can go home? Now, now listen, Miss Biddy. Uh, in order to get a thorough investigation, we really want to go to the source, and uh, right now, that's you. Since the other player in this event is laying over there smoking. Oh, well, so, first uh, of all, uh, that curious little weapon you had there, uh, where'd you come by something like that? Uh, from Papa. Papa gave me the electro gun. Papa? You mean your father? What's his name? Uh, Captain. He, he is Captain Geist. Captain? Was he, was he in the military? Yes, in the war, a long time ago, tomorrow. Say what? Oh, uh, yeah, I, we determined that uh, the, the Captain Geist fella she's talking about is uh, old man uh, Zeitgeist. He's a guy who kind of runs a, I don't know, some kind of pawn shop out of this old uh, abandoned, uh, or, or decommissioned, I should say, a lighthouse. That's where the guy lives, you know, whatever. And, uh... It stands to reason he might have been the type of guy to uh, make some little doohickey like that because he's got a lot of uh, weird odds and ends out there at, the, at his shop. So, uh, well, we, we, we tried to contact him, but so far we uh, haven't heard back. His name is Zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, apparently. <laughs> so I guess she lists this lighthouse as her residence. Yes, it is my home. And I want to go there now. I've answered your questions. Hey, I am tired of this. Hey, Let me go. Down I there, get back in the car. Bitty. I don't think you fully appreciate the seriousness of your situation what? here, Miss Van What situation? I took care of it, as I explained to you already. This is over. Let me go. Uh, no, no. There's still the matter. What? Of the man you admitted to killing. What man? No, he's not a man. He's just a synthoid. He's not even real. <laughs> what now? What is the meaning of this? Who the hell is that? Papa! Papa! Over here, Papa! Uh, just those terrible treatment. Biddy! Papa! Biddy, are you alright? Yes, Papa! Have they hurt you? No. Captain Geist, I presume? What? Oh! Yes, yes, I am Captain Geist. And to whom may I say I'm speaking? I'm Detective Cliff Russell, and this is my partner, Detective Lola McGovern. Yes, We're from uh, Homicide, because, uh... What? Well, your little girl there, uh, electrocuted a man to death. What? Oh, I'm sorry, Papa. What? I had to use the electro gun. It was a synthoid. Synthoid. 
what? Secret assassin. It can only mean they found us. Who? Who's found you? Cosmos. Oh, no. Papa, does this mean we have to leave? I'm afraid so, Biddy. Yes. Yeah, we're all leaving. We're all gonna pile up in our vehicles and head down to the station where we can get the full statement from your daughter, and then uh, she'll have to go before a judge before we can have any talk of releasing her into your custody. Oh, this is outrageous. Captain Geist. Don't, don't be ridiculous. There's no time for this foolishness over frying of it. Synthoid. Yeah, you know, releasing her into your custody doesn't seem like a great idea since you've obviously filled her mind with bizarre delusions no. that possibly led to her murdering no. a man. He is not to blame. People like you are. Hey, hey, oh. hey, come back here, Biddy. Biddy, wait. Oh, oh heavens. Ah, she's gone and locked herself up in guys. Oh, hell. Biddy, come out of that van right now. You're under uh, arrest for Cliff, murder. Cliff. Bridget, Biddy, uh, listen. There's no way to handle this. Uh, we can come out and talk this quietly, and uh, y y your father can be a part of that. Uh, but we need you to come uh, out. Detective, if I may, I am after um, the ghost father. Yes, by all means, Captain Geist. <coughs> yes. Um, Biddy, uh, there's no need to be afraid. After all, we need only follow proper sequence. We've been in tougher situations before you and I and we we got through those and we'll get through this one as well by following the path of the of the sequence there's there's always a sequence to certain events right my dear so that's how we'll settle this like all the others yes papa hey ignition sequence initiated holy crap she's starting up that crappy old what? van uh, get the guys get your daughter there's no escape. She is surrounded the row. He's blocked with squad cars. Now, come yes, on. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, of course. I I have the key. Uh, yeah, open it now. Biddy, uh, don't worry, dear. It's it's only Papa. I'm coming in now. Yeah, hurry up, will you? Go, Biddy, go. No, wait, Biddy, no, wait. The leak hasn't Looks, Biddy. just happened? Uh, that, uh, old Volkswagen van just vanished. Indeed. The old Volkswagen van that Captain Zeitgeist arrived in suddenly vanished before their very eyes in a flash of electrical sparks and smoke, taking with it the young girl, Captain Geist, and Detectives McGovern and Russell. As to where they went, well, that's a tale for the next episode of, of Captain, Captain Geist. Geist. Captain Zeitgeist is a Nail Sin production. Produced, performed, and written by me, Douglas Nelson. Music comes courtesy of Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources.
This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Woman had stolen cash hidden in body cavity. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A woman had $6,233 in stolen cash inside her vagina when she was arrested by Louisiana cops. Ashley Beth Brolin, 23, was arrested for allegedly stealing cash from her boyfriend. She denied ownership of the methamphetamine that was lodged inside her body. A probable cause affidavit noted that a plastic baggie with meth was inside Roland's vagina. The cash, the affidavit reported, was located during a consensual search of Roland's person conducted by a female correctional officer. As it turns out, the cash and the meth were both inside Roland. According to West Monroe Police Department officials, Roland had a large roll of cash, which was secured by a rubber band concealed inside her vagina. At the center of the wad was the baggie of meth. The arresting officer said that the currency included 62 $100 bills, with the remaining $33 made up of tens, fives, and singles. While not addressed in the court affidavit, it seems likely that the money recovered from inside Roland was in the same condition, rolled up and fastened with a rubber band, as when she allegedly took it off the victim's dresser while he was showering, which could explain Roland's disavowal of ownership of the meth that cops found in the core of the cash roll. Roland remains locked up in Wichita Parish Jail on $8,000 bond. She has been charged with theft and narcotics possession. Both felonies. Well, let that be a lesson to you. Don't go shoving wads where the sun don't shine. You, you don't know where that wad's been. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. This is CNN. <laughs>